Hi everybody, it's Leslie. So just a word of caution before we get going for any newbies. There are some tastefully used curse words ahead. So if you have kids around, you can start their curse word education early like I did with my daughter Arden and she's getting all A's, so you know, but it's up to you. So this essay is read aloud by yours truly and also features a cameo appearance by my beloved sweetheart Arden. So enjoy and if you love it, share it. The Pregnancy from Fucking Hell by Leslie Quigless. Author's note, the chronology of a few events described in the following story has been adjusted for narrative flow and discretion. The following is, however, a true story constructed from memory. I was in the Target checkout line when the woman behind me asked how many weeks along I was. I told her 27. She nodded and told me she had three kids. I loved being pregnant so much, she said, and instantly I hated her. Yeah, I said. She gazed at me, tears welled in her eyes. Isn't it beautiful when the baby moves like little butterflies in your tummy? It felt like a squirrel scrabbling desperately for release from my intestines when the baby moved. It had made me throw up in the bushes outside of IHOP earlier that day. But the woman, she looked so happy. She had tears in her eyes. So I said, uh-huh. Butterflies. The next morning, I watched as poet and cancer survivor Mark Nepo described in an interview the moment he found God. Nepo, being the spiritual virtuoso that he is, managed to accomplish this feat, kneeling on a hospital room floor, retching so intensely he was vomiting blood. His wife, at her wit's end, cried out, Where is God now? And from the depths of his anguish, he whispered, here, God is here. The baby kicked the shit out of me then. She knew mommy had sat in the tub after her target visit the night before and had gone in a slightly different direction from God is here. Oh, hush up, you heifer, I said. The skin across my huge stomach rippled almost supernaturally in response. Then a McDonald's commercial came on and I closed my eyes and I bolted as much as one seven months pregnant can bolt to a toilet and heaved up my late morning snack of two granola bars and then that morning's breakfast of scrambled eggs and toast and then yellow stomach ball because there was nothing left to puke up. And from the depths of my anguish, I whispered, fuck, 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 fuck. When I hoisted myself to my feet, I already knew what I'd see in the mirror. I felt like I was knocking on death's doors with gray, bony fingers, but by the weirdest twist of irony, I looked like one hot pregnant somebody, skin glowing a sparkling rich caramel, hair African goddess thick and lustrous, breasts implant level alert, belly high and round as a basketball, ass in pow, pow, pow mode. I looked good as hell, I really did, except for the yellow throw up on the corner of my mouth. I had to eat. An empty stomach induced not just regular nausea, but the kind that made my insides curl up on themselves, 
and scream, but I, I couldn't eat. I just couldn't. The mere sight of food made me throw up. This being a vicious circle though, eating was the only thing that kept me from throwing up. Tears sprang to my eyes and despair's shroud rustled against my arm. Go ahead and cry, she said, because nobody wants to fool with you anymore. Even the devil told you, no thanks. And when you can't get even that Yahoo to take away your sickness, then clearly I had to cut her off. Not because she was lying, but because I had to eat and I had to act fast. So I asked very politely if we could take a rain check and cry after I ate when I wasn't feeling quite so sick. She said no, that we had to cry now so that we could lie down together for the rest of the day. I said that crying simulated the vomiting heaving motion and would make things even more awful for me right now. But I'm all you have left, she said. Only now, she was squeezing me. And that's when I told her to get the fuck off me, brushed my teeth very carefully so as not to activate my gag reflex, and lurched to the kitchen to microwave a hungry man frozen chicken dinner. She hadn't had to bring up the whole devil debacle. That was just mean-spirited. But then despair could be like that. Bitch. I was ecstatic to find out I was pregnant. So was Carrie, my partner of four years. We hadn't planned for a baby, but we both wanted kids, so we weren't exactly not planning as diligently as we had in the past. When the nausea began in the fifth week, I felt I was part of the club my friends had been talking about for so many years. I googled the term five weeks pregnant and nauseous. The club was huge. The sickness it seemed was a rite of passage. Yes, the term morning sickness was a misnomer for many, myself included, as a nausea could last all day and strike at any time, but that was okay. And that's because morning sickness was a part of being pregnant. It was normal, perfectly normal the doctor confirmed the following week at our first appointment. Try some ginger, you can get it in capsules or tea or candies, and it will help. Also, make sure you eat consistently throughout the day. She paused. If it gets really bad, though, I can prescribe you some medication. Don't worry, it's safe for the baby. Oh, no, 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 I said, putting a hand over my still flat stomach. We want to be as natural as possible. I glanced at Carrie and he nodded his support. I didn't take medicine as it was, not for headaches or menstrual cramps, colds, nothing. And what doctors said about drugs not hurting the baby, that was that mainstream crap they were fed in med school during which they learned precious little about holistic healthcare. They didn't really know the effects of drugs on a fetus or if drugs would negatively impact the fetus decades later. Half of them were probably Googling shit on their lunch breaks trying to figure things out like the rest of us. No matter though, because I was on to the lot of them. I was watching the documentary, The Business of Being Born. I was researching midwives. And I was planning a water birth, maybe even at home, even if it was illegal, because I was gonna do things my motherfucking way. I was granola and Birkenstocks all day, all the way about that life. Drugs were not on the menu. Not for my baby, they weren't. I tried. B vitamins, ginger pills, ginger tea, ginger drops, nausea wristbands, prenatal yoga, prenatal massage, aromatherapy, the secret, more fucking ginger. I tried so hard. One night, 
While taking a bath, I looked up. I said, dear God, you know me. I'm good people. And I know you're good too. So I'll tell you what. I'm going to be extra good. And I'm going to have faith in you to take this nausea away. Because in you, all things are possible, especially for the good people. I mean, we all say you don't play favorites, but let's be real. How can you not like the people who act right more than the assholes? As a matter of fact, I'm going to thank you in advance for this wonderful work you're going to do in me because that's right, God, I am down with the secret. So thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As a matter of fact, thanks again. Love, Leslie. Six weeks later, I white-knuckled the examination table, struggling not to hurl up the crackers I'd eaten off the nightstand as soon as I woke up, as the nurse asked whether I tried leaving crackers on the nightstand so I could eat them as soon as I woke up. Yes, the one word was all I could manage. Oh, what about ginger pills? Drugs, I whispered through gritted teeth. Give me the drugs. Doctors didn't go through all those years of medical training for nothing. If they said the baby would be fine, the baby would be fine. Oh, okay, the nurse said. Have you tried nausea wristbands? Give her the drugs, Carrie said. His eyes mirrored mine, red rimmed with dark circles. I wasn't sleeping because of the nausea, and we were in this thing together, goddammit, so he wasn't sleeping either. Oh, okay, the nurse said. Well, let's see. We generally prescribe Breglin or Finnegan. Zofran, I said. That was the name of the medication I kept reading about on all the pregnancy blogs. Give me the Zofran. Oh, okay, the nurse said. Well, just so you know, Zofran is pretty expensive, which is why we recommend trying out the Reglan first. So why don't we give her the Zofran, Carrie said. He shifted in his seat. He'd been anticipating loads of condom-free sex with a horny, big-boobed person for all the years we'd been together. Poor thing. He had no idea yet just how much more the sex well was going to dry up. So, how did the nausea feel, you ask? Okay. Imagine you're young and dumb and going out on a Sunday night, which is possible because you live in New York City. You dance, dance, dance with your friends and do a ton of vodka shots and an empty stomach, because remember, you're young and dumb, as fuck. Afterwards, you all head to the nearest 24-hour diner and your drunk, dumb ass orders raw oysters. They taste a little funny, but your drunk, dumb ass blames it on the alcohol. The next day, you predictably feel like shit, even though you have no sick days because you just started your first full-time job two weeks ago. You call in sick and lie in bed and pray for death or a miracle as you drift in and out of consciousness, rising only to worship at your new porcelain altar, vowing loudly to never again touch alcohol or oysters and cursing your friends and speaking in tongues in your feverish state of misery. The day after that, you still feel like shit, but you can technically function. Sure, you'll go into the bathroom a couple of times as your guts relieve themselves of the final few stubborn oyster remnants. And sure, your head hurts from vomiting and dehydration. And of course, you never want to eat again, ever. But you can technically function. So you finger comb your hair, you pull on some clothes, you dab concealer under your eyes, and you drag your not quite as dumb ass to work. 
I marinated in this day after state for 34 weeks or 238 days straight, 24 hours a day. And I had to work. Actually, I had to work more than normal because as a self-employed mommy-to-be who hadn't exactly planned on getting pregnant, I also had to create and save for my own maternity leave. But that's how the nausea felt. If you want a visual, recall the film Howard the Duck and how Dr. Jennings looks as his body is possessed by an alien who calls himself the dark overlord of the universe. As a matter of fact, search Google images for the term Howard the Duck villain. Select any of the gross monster pictures. That is how the nausea felt. There was one blindingly brilliant bright spot in my misery, and that was hearing the baby's heartbeat during my checkups. I tend towards lateness as a rule, but I was always on time for those visits. I switched to an OBGYN practice that employed two truly wonderful midwives, and one of them and an assistant would delight with me in the rapid whooshing that was Arden's heartbeat. The sound of clip-plopping pony hooves, innocent, new, and so very definite, would fill the room with the authority and majesty of Aslan's roar in Narnia, drowning out the nausea and rendering despair impotent. Everybody thought the sound was just Arden's heartbeat, but really, I knew she was talking to me. The midwife had placed the fetal Doppler on my stomach, and I'd close my eyes and swim with my little girl in cool, shimmering, azure blue waters, and she would talk to me, saying the same thing every time, but I never tired of it. Your best will be enough, she began. And when I arrive, I'm going to make you happier than you could ever imagine. There are going to be like peas and carrots, you and me, lady. Peas and carrots all day long. The nurse was right. Zofran was the most expensive anti-nausea medication, but it was also supposed to be the most effective. It didn't work for me. Well, that's not totally true. It just didn't work like I'd read it worked for others. It took my discomfort from a 10 down to maybe a 7, and that was half the time. The other half of the time, it didn't work at all. I tried Reglan and Finnegan too. Nothing. I may have had a mild version of or variation on hyperemesis gravidarum, a condition that affects 0.5 to 2% of pregnant women. The main symptom is usually uncontrollable vomiting. Sufferers often must be hospitalized. The cause is unknown, although it is widely accepted that the woman is experiencing an adverse reaction to the hormonal changes occurring in her body. The doctors and midwives didn't know what to tell me. Every test they ran came back great, and I looked great, and the baby was fine too. By month five, I thought I was going to implode. One night, while taking a bath, I looked up. I said, dear God, you know this is some bullshit, right? Because I've been good, extra good, just like I said I would be, and I've had faith that you would take the shit off me. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to keep believing. I will because... Why was I going to keep believing? Because you always come through, right? You're quiet right now, so I'll answer for you. Yes, you do. Of course you do. You have to because it's your fucking job. So, okay, great. I am really glad we had this talk. Oh, and amen.
or Amen with a capital A, whichever you prefer. Three weeks later, my best friend Leslie called from North Carolina. She asked how I was. I burst into screaming. I can't take this shit anymore! I know she blinked rapidly a couple of times in alarm. I continued. I have been cheated. I've been cheated, Leslie. I've been cheated out of the pregnancy I was supposed to have. I broke down into wild sobs. All I feel is sick all the time. This is the worst thing fucking ever in life. The baby cut punched me then, hard. This baby doesn't like me, Leslie. She doesn't like me. I know she doesn't. Well, maybe the sickness will go away, Leslie tried. She sounded uncomfortable, like she wanted to be the one to go away. Bitch, we both know it's not going to go away, I sobbed. And true bitch that she is, Leslie said nothing to refute me. There was only silence. Of course, I would have attacked her if she'd refuted my claim, so she was screwed either way, which I knew she knew, but anyway. The sickness isn't going to go away until she comes out. And once she comes out, I'm going to go from feeling sick all the time to having a real live fucking baby that's going to keep me up all hours of the goddamn day and night. My whole life is fucked and I'm never going to sleep again. I, I'm ruined. Jesus, Leslie, Leslie said. If, if I could take this on for you, I would. Swear to God, I would. She meant it. I knew she did. I said, Leslie? If I could give this to you, I would. I would hand it to you, and then I'd push you down a deep well and put a heavy steel cap over it and run for my life for a long, long time because this shit is so awful that I know you would try to give it back. I meant it. She knew I did. She got off the phone very quickly after that. I had read about events like these, crushing events that break open your heart and soul, the ones that are so earth-shattering, they shatter your mind too and all the gunk in it, and you find yourself at one with it all, with God. That's what happened to Mark Nepo. So I said to myself, here's your opportunity. Let's get enlightened. Day after day, I tried. I tried to be still and witness the nausea. I just, moaning in agony, couldn't teeth grinding, be foaming at the mouth, still. It was a Wednesday night, dark and cold. I was staring at my living room wall, just staring. I was 21 weeks and one day pregnant. And just as I had known on a cellular level very early on that I was having a girl, I knew very quietly that this thing was not going to go away. I had 19 more weeks of this shit. That was when despair paid me her first visit. She knocked gently and she opened the door and she sat beside me, her robes rustling. God's not coming, she said it quietly. I put my head on her shoulder, it was so soft, and she wrapped her arms around me and squeezed. So here's why my unborn child kicked the shit out of me during that damn Mark Nepo interview. 
The night before the show, after going to Target, I had taken a bath. And while taking that bath, I'd looked up. I'd said, dear God, what the fuck, dude? Because I've been good. I've tried so hard to be good. My voice had trailed off. And then I'd look down. Okay, well, I, I didn't really look down, but let's be dramatic. I'd said, hello, Mr. Dark Force Entity. I'm not sure if you're listening, but just in case, I'll tell you what. If you take away this nausea, you can't have my soul, but I will consider letting you borrow it. And do you know that I actually got an answer? And immediately at that, he said, you mean like a lease agreement? His gold teeth all gleam. And I said, yeah, you know, like a car. And he said, give me a minute. And I did. And exactly one minute later, he said, Pardon my pun, but hell motherfucking no, bitch. You got that riding round the clock, but I got a work nausea. We only deal in the Princess Kate variety. You know, the I'm wealthy so I can lay my ass down somewhere until the baby comes out kind. So I'm afraid you're going to have to take your nauseated soul elsewhere, Miss Ma'am. And I said, you do know it's lie down and not lay down, right? And he said, you might be right, but at least I'm not about to hurl up that strawberry smoothie right into the tub. And I couldn't say anything back because I surely was just about to hurl up my strawberry smoothie right into the tub. So I kept my soul and the nausea kept me and the baby kicked the shit out of me the next day because even before she was born, she was bossy. Leslie called in my eighth month. Well, she called and called and called until I picked up. I'm really proud of you, she said. For what? I sucked down some Chick-fil-A lemonade to wash down the chicken sandwich I had just choked down. I hated Chick-fil-A by this point. But to be fair, I also hated every restaurant, every fast food chain, every food, the act of cooking food, every food commercial, every commercial, national public radio, every radio station, every phone call I had to return, every email I had to reply to, every email I had to send. I'm trying to think if I missed anything. I did. I also hated lying down, standing up, standing still, standing in the shower, peeing every eight minutes, walking, my Darth Vader breathing, trying on ugly maternity clothes, buying ugly maternity clothes, doing my hair, having my hair done, driving places, being driven places, smiling at people, having people smile at me, all other people, kissing, sex, reading, the vitamin industry, my swollen feet, and all that law of attraction crap I'd ingested because it made me feel guilty and fearful for thinking all my hateful thoughts. You're doing a great job, Leslie said. Not really, but okay, I said dully. I know you feel bad, but you're doing it. You are being so brave. How is it brave if my only alternative is to die? You could always sell your soul to the devil, she quipped. I tried that. What? I slurped a huge amount of lemonade and belched and did not say excuse me. Nothing, Leslie. It's nothing. She paused for a moment. I think you need to get some help. You sound bad. Even Carrie, who was without parallel in his black man resistance to any form of therapy outside of a goodie powder, said I needed help. I'd been thinking the same thing for a while, because as bad as I felt physically, the worst part was that I couldn't make sense of why the sickness had happened to me and what good could possibly come of it. It wasn't like it needed to happen for a baby to be born. Up to this point, I'd been able to make meaning of all my tough experiences, even my first year of teaching as awful as that had been at times. But this experience, it felt pointless. 
I could not comprehend pointless suffering. So I got online, found some therapists in my area, left messages for the three I liked most, and resolved to go to the first one who called me back. Miraculously, Dr. Joan returned my call that same day. Even more miraculous, she had an opening the very next week. When we met, we shook hands and I said, I'm going to start crying as soon as we start, just so you know. Dr. Joan handed me a tissue box and gestured for me to sit down. She was an older woman with no-nonsense, bowl-cut brown hair, a frown for a natural expression, and a librarian-like whisper. If her voice were handwriting, it would be described as spidery. So what brings you in today? She asked. I want to know why I'm having the pregnancy from fucking hell when I've done nothing to deserve it, I said, and I burst into tears. Dr. Joan nodded and waited for me to go on. I didn't. That was all I wanted to know. She frowned hard in concentration. The problem is, she said, there's no reason for you not to have the pregnancy from, uh, to have your pregnancy. She then relayed the story of her daughter-in-law, who had suffered a miscarriage 14 weeks into her pregnancy. She was healthy. She was strong. There was no reason for her to miscarry. But she did. So you're saying shit just happens sometimes? For no reason? Yes. Even if you've done nothing to deserve it? Yes. And you don't have to learn from it or try to make it a valuable experience? No. And you may not ever understand why it's happened? No. I thought for a moment. Did your daughter-in-law ever get a reason for why she lost her baby? No. I sat back on the couch and took that in. I imagined what her daughter-in-law must have felt like. Well, that's terrible, I said. Dr. Jones' frown was in full force. That's life. We looked at each other for a while. So that's it? <laughs> it's just life? I asked. Yes. We looked at each other some more. Okay, I said, and I felt better. I continued to see Dr. Jill in the last few weeks of my pregnancy, mostly to bitch and whine and wail in the presence of an older woman who listened in pragmatic but caring silence. And the experience was still awful, but I became able to allow it and myself to simply be. The weight of trying to understand and learn and analyze and make sense fell away. I was free to hate the experience for being there, and then I was free to let the hatred go. I wasn't taking the physical discomfort as personally anymore, so the mental noise around it largely vanished, or maybe it was the other way around, who knows. Either way, I now had room to allow the experience to be. Not a lot of room, but some. And with that room came real and lasting compassion for other people feeling sick like I was. When I was ripping my head on the couch because there was nothing else to hold on to in the midst of a particularly rough nausea attack, I imagined that a woman in, say, 
Cleveland was doing the exact same thing at the exact same time. Her name was Patty and she was white. She had brown hair and she was wearing shapeless khaki shorts and a dingy Hanes t-shirt over her huge belly, just like I was. And nobody knew how intensely she was suffering because on the outside, she too looked fine. But I know, I said to her softly, I know what you're going through, but we can do this, Patty. We can get through this. And concentrating on this other person and her suffering, even if just in my mind, it helped. There were thousands of us in the U.S. and probably millions around the world, and I could feel for us every socioeconomic bracket, every ethnicity, it didn't matter. We were all going through it. I rolled my eyes on our behalf as some unsuspecting ass face cooed that bullshit about us forgetting our misery the second we saw our babies. I knew that we knew better. We love our babies, but we would not forget. Knowing I wasn't alone, it made me feel better. I didn't know or see these people, but I knew I wasn't alone. I offered up my suffering to them, with them, and it lessened. One night, while taking a bath, I looked up. I said, Dear God, I see you're not going to take away this nausea, which I do think is a bit awful of you, but okay. Anyway, please let another pregnant woman who feels sick know that I am with her. Please let her and everyone else around the world who wants to jump out the fucking window right now know that I feel them and that I want to jump too. Let them feel that they aren't alone in this moment because I know that you are with them. And then I added, and I know that you're with me too. Misery loves company, but compassion cherishes the souls of the company one is in. It makes the unanswerable bearable. I imagine now that while Mark Nepo was coughing up blood on that cool linoleum hospital floor, Another cancer patient named Phil was doing the exact same thing in a hospital room somewhere in, say, Florida or Istanbul, wherever. But Phil was thinking of the others suffering like him, and in his worst moment, maybe Mark could feel that he wasn't alone. Where compassion is, God is. The ass faces were right, by the way. When I saw that baby, I did indeed forget the nausea, if only for a few minutes. Her face was squinched like a little golden raisin, and I could not stop kissing her. She was beyond beautiful. But I heard my Arden before I saw her. Long story, but I ended up having a C-section, and Carrie and I heard this thin wail from beyond the short blue curtain the doctor had erected onto my stomach for the surgery. Everybody thought the baby was crying, but really, I knew she was talking to me. Her bossy little self said, and I quote, Give me my milk, lady. And I knew in that moment, before I ever saw her, that everything she told me during the precious minutes 
I'd listened to her heartbeat all those months. Every word of it had been the truth. My best had been enough. And since she's arrived, she has made me happier than I could have ever imagined. And we've been just like peas and carrots. You and me, haven't we, Arden? Peas and carrots all day long. to my channel get this video a big thumbs up and make sure you go to podcast and turn on all notifications on there and my youtube channel subscribe bye guys and and leave a comment thanks again for listening y'all take care and i'll be back with something else soon enough hugs